Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today. It's been more than every other week. It has been a little more than every other week, but we appreciate your patience as, you know, summer gets busy for a variety of reasons. Should be the opposite, but. You would think, but. Life is weird. That's that's right. (laughs) But there are outtakes from Emancipation. 36 songs wasn't enough. Yeah, I'll disclaim this by saying maybe not all of these were intended for Emancipation, but they were all recorded during that era, 95, 96. Sure. Um, These were hand-selected by me. That's right. So blame me. Don't blame Christy. (laughs) Um, We'll call them Emancipation era outtakes, not necessarily... Emancipation outtakes. How about that? Three letters and everything is solved. There we go. Yes, but it's it's kind of incredible. It reminds you once again, you know, that Prince put out this huge opus of music. Yeah, said he emptied the barrel of the gun Uh on this one. Yeah. His words, right? That's that's what he said. And yet, here are all these other songs, not a part of any project or. Well, or they eventually ended up, but we'll get to that. Some did, some didn't. Some did, some didn't. Some, you know, are just out there living on the internet. Yeah, good, lucky for us. Yeah, lucky for us. A little brief today, only five songs we're going to talk about. Yeah, once I kind of put a list together of songs that were what I would consider Emancipation Era outtakes, it turned out to be like 11 or 12, and I'm like, that is a, that's a big episode. Or it's two quickies. Uh I don't know. Something tells me between you and me, it won't be that short. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Five songs. We're looking at about 138 minutes for this episode. (laughs) Probably so. Not that long. Maybe an hour and 38 minutes, but not 138 minutes. Let's just see how long we can talk about how long it will be. All right, so let's dive into the music. All right. The very first song we're going to talk about, I'll Never Be Another Fool. Yeah. This is written by the same group that wrote Soul Sanctuary that did end up on disc two of Emancipation. Correct. That is why I selected it, even though uh, the released version of the song ended up on Shaka Khan's album couple years later that's right so it did kind of i don't know the genesis of it was in the emancipation emancipation era so right. here we are right so sandra st victor yep tom hammer vernon reed yeah also prince also shaka khan right yep the original title was i'll never open my legs again mm-hmm. so this version was recorded they believe in spring of 1995 Included on the unreleased Playtime by Versace Project mm-hmm. uh, in September of 1998. As you mentioned, Shaka Khan's album Come to My House had a version of this song. Right. Sandra St. Victor released her version on Bandcamp in 2018. Which we gave a quick listen to. I even asked, mm-hmm. should we include this? And you were like, yeah. Um, so the lyrics are quite different. The lyrics are different. Yeah, it's as definitely Prince gives it his own take. That is for sure. Uh huh. The including renaming it, including renaming it. Oh yeah. Her her version is "I'll Never Open My Legs Again." Yes, which according to Prince Vault, Prince believed was too blunt. Fair. I mean, we'll call the song "Head," but I'll never <laughs> open my legs again. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Vernon Reed struck me a little bit uh, as a surprise. I didn't realize that he worked with Sandra St. Victor so closely. In fact, okay. there was a story I read about Vernon Reed, frontman for In Living Color. Oh, that's right. Who I saw live uh, in like 19, gosh, 88 or 89 before a Rolling Stones concert. Uh, at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. Look them up. They're very cool. I went and watched the video for the Glamour Boys. You remember that? Not really. Oh, you'd remember it if you watched it. Yeah. There was a conversation that Sandra St. Victor and Vernon Reed had about what 
she wanted her message to be on her then in progress album. And she said, I'll never open my legs again. (laughs) And he said, there's your title. (laughs) And that's where it went. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And so there'll be links to not only Prince's version, but Shaka Khan's version and Sandra St. Victor's version and whatever I can find about Vernon Reed and Sandra St. Victor having a working relationship on our social media, which I haven't talked about in like three episodes. So I'm going to go ahead. Just skipped right over it, I just didn't do it. So I'm going to mention it. Shame, shame, shame. That's right. You can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS podcast, assuming, you know, that you can see the tweets. If you don't do the social media, you can also send us and email tmatspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're looking for a link to something, I'll be happy to shoot it your way. Yeah. So I think Prince's version that we are listening to here, uh-huh. in my mind, was never intended to be heard. Like, he's singing it from the point of view of a woman, obviously. Well, and I said that exact thing in my notes. Okay. Because it's obviously a vocal guide for a woman. Yep. Because he says... I'll never open my legs again to a man who's insecure. Like, this is the same man who wouldn't even say your butt is mine in a song with Michael Jackson. <laughs> right. That is true. Good point. Uh, yeah, not that long before this. Right. Yeah, so I thought that, um, you know, we've got this, it's a fair, relatively stripped down song mm-hmm. instrumentally, maybe a little unfinished. It uses samples from Sonny T and Michael Bland had a CD of loops and samples that they put together, and this song uses many of them. Okay. Um, they were still recording together at this point, so mm-hmm. who knows which came first, but yeah, they're, they've got a sample CD out called Funky Ass Loops. That this song borrows from from heavily. Cool. Yeah, it's got this like uh, guitars that are kind of frayed and rubbery. And they, it's an interesting sort of combination. How can they be both, Christy? I don't know, but it is frubbery. That's right, and it made it into Shaka Khan's version. Yeah, so yeah you can hear it, it more clearly in hers. Right, and yeah. so like even that portion of it is not, that was an intentional choice, whereas sometimes this version feels a little unfinished. Mm-hmm. That part of it wasn't, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely built upon more for a Shaka Khan's version. Absolutely, hers is a lot more rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is very... I mean, Prince released plenty of music that was very stripped down, like Uh Forever in My Life and When Doves Cry. Had this been released, which I don't think it ever would have been because of the lyrics and he's singing it, you know, from a woman's point of view, would fall into that kind of category. Right. Um, Unless it was like a Camille project, but even then. Yeah. Yeah. At six seconds in, we get that we've talked about all kinds of like sounds and guttural screams Mm -hmm. and urgent noises that Prince makes at the beginning of songs. At six seconds here, there is a remarkable one. Mm -hmm. I can't even do it. (laughs) Prince sings in falsetto, which I would say, you know, further supports the thought that this was um, meant to be a vocal guide for Mm -hmm. a woman. Not that it's the only time he's ever sung falsetto, because it's not. But it sure leans that direction. And he almost has the same sound to his voice as when he was recording many of the songs that we talked about during 1999 Super Deluxe mm-hmm. and on uh, Originals. Sure. Where he was singing for Vanity or mm-hmm. Apollonia or Sheila E. Yeah, the very vocal guide mm-hmm. sort Sound. of situation. Yeah. yeah, even though he's put a ton of work into this because there's all kinds of layers. He didn't just I mean, sing it and stop. It's been like well-produced, multiple vocal tracks, right? Yes, notably at like 48 seconds, there's a, um, I thought we were in love, or I'm sorry, 55 seconds, there's layered vocals, I thought we were in love. And then he does these like 
spoken interjections. My eyes were blind, baby, which was, you know, a really interesting line that says a lot with a few words. Yeah. You know, he doesn't just say that. There's mm-hmm. like stuff underneath it. And yeah, it's... that's the part that sounds a lot like many of the tracks on originals where he's sure. got like this silly inflection in his voice. It's not silly because this isn't a silly song. Right. But uh, yeah, he's doing an impersonation mm-hmm. of, of someone else. That's right. Yeah. So the the first two lines of the song say it all, right? right. I'll never open my legs again to a man who's insecure. So you listen like through this whole thing and you hear her or his in Prince's case, you know, they've been burned Uh to a degree, but unlike normal Prince songs, I think this is a hallmark where you can see that Prince was not the primary writer on this right? because there's not a lot of blame, Blame. (laughs) right? There's just a, I'm stronger because of your failures, but the failures are not pointed out anywhere right other than the history of them together obviously they slept together and now i'm back Uh uh-huh um and no it's all your fault kind of thing Uh uh-huh there's no finger pointing yes and even even with this line that i particularly like alive and well back from hell released from your charms Mm -hmm. alive and The charms are are so enticing, but end up a hellish experience. Yeah. Like, it's this pain and pleasure, but it didn't point out why the charms were hellish. Yes. Just that they were. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a really nice way to, to do this. And I mean, I'm not trying to put down Prince as a songwriter, no, but no. he often dwelled very much on where it went wrong. And who was to blame? And or it was here never it's, Prince. it's more of a if that is true. Very rarely. <laughs> uh-huh. Um and here it's not a matter of blame. It's just I've learned it's more of a I've learned my lesson uh-huh. kind of song. Right. Right. Um that same part, nothing but the best of me I gave with open arms, and at one minute fifty seven seconds he sings, I loved you so. Nothing but the best of me. a lot of asides in this you know then that part rhymes with it's time to go after he sings released from your charm so you get rhyming on the main verse and even the ad libs uh-huh. that are pretty cool yeah i never knew there's a lot of songs in here that i've sung along with uh-huh. for a long time but never bothered to look up the actual lyrics for right never crossed my mind that the lyric was scene 23 oh. exit Fade to black. What did you think it was? I did not. It was just sounds. I just made (laughs) mouth sounds. (laughs) What else would I do? I thought you misunderstood it. No, no, no. I mean, I did misunderstand it, but I didn't try to assign actual words to it. I just sang the sounds that I heard, which were nonsensical. (laughs) Um, But you can tell there's a... Uh, you know, scene 23, so it was a long relationship, right? Right, okay, so I looked that up. Okay. I'm like, scene 23. So typically, movies have many more scenes Mm -hmm. than 23. Sure. Typically, television shows have far fewer than 23. So I was like, is this this a reference to something? Mm. So I was trying to figure out if there were any famous works that had... 23 scenes fade black. Not exactly. So the closest I could find, which I thought was interesting, Romeo and Juliet has 24 scenes and a prologue. And a prologue. And a prologue. So interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm like, oh, that kind of maybe is almost an allusion to Star Cross Lovers. Almost. Very interesting. I only saw 23 and thought, oh, it's a, well, first of all, numerology and all that you can kind of put aside because this wasn't Prince's lyric. 
Right. But 23 is a prime number. So there's something there, perhaps, right? Only divisible by one and itself. So he says, I'm back alive and well back from hell, but then asks the man, the offender, Uh right? Scene 23, exit fade to black. Tell me, why'd you have to come back? So they've like cross paths again, I guess. Yeah, or he, you know, went into another relationship and as he's coming out, he's like, mm, let me give old never be another fool another call. <laughs> yeah. Whoever she is, Perhaps Sandra, so. Shaka, yeah. Prince, whomever. Yeah. Yeah. So leave the best to yesterday. If this only one thing is true, I ain't going to be another fool. I thought that was great. Leave the best to yesterday. Like it's just in the past. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. And then (laughs) if you're thinking of calling, don't. (laughs) Two minutes and 49 seconds. Uh Uh-huh. If you're thinking about calling, don't. Shaka Khan's version, which we will cover when we get to 1998. Okay. At some point in the future, Shaka Khan's version comes to like a complete false ending. Like uh-huh. st- everything stops for don't, you know? Yeah. And Prince just mixes it right into uh-huh. the Sunny T and Michael Bland loops. Yeah. Relatively quick, relatively yeah. short, what I would call demo, you know, sure. like his version of the song by Sandra, Sandra St. Victor's, whose own version sounds a lot like the brand new heavies. She could be the lead oh. singer from the brand new heavies. Mm. I wanted to mention that one also. A lot of her music uh, on this Bandcamp release that she had in 2018 has that sound to it. We do get a fade out and also an abrupt ending. So we satisfy all camps of music listeners with the That's song right. fading out, but we get a never be another fool, like layered vocal thing that brings it to a quick close. Yeah. I love when this song comes up on shuffle mm-hmm. in my Prince curated playlist of like 21 days worth of music. Uh-huh. Uh, so it happens rarely, but I often forget about his version of this and the sound quality is great. Yes. So it's a real fun listen and just like his vote. He spent a lot more time on his vocals mm-hmm. here than he did like on any kind of instrumentation. There's no solo. It's all just a very simple loop. Right. And a little bit of bass. Yeah. Well, and that's also what makes me think it's mostly a vocal guide because this this part wasn't for him. This was for somebody else to listen to and he was going to go in and load other stuff <laughs> yeah. into Shaka Khan's version yep. later. Which he did. Or I don't whomever's. know that he knew that that would no. be Shaka Khan. No, but I think he knew but... it wasn't his own. Yes. And so he I, was, yeah. this is a definitely a vocal guide. Whomever ends up singing this, I'm going to do other stuff to it. Yep. Yeah. Totally. I don't think he was worried about finding a female vocalist to no. sing it because several did. Yes. Before Shaka Khan, of course, nailed it. Yes. Next up in no particular order of these emancipation era outtakes is 2020. Yes, which we talked about before. Yes, you reminded me of this. I was like, you know, I don't really recall it, but I'm sure you're right Uh because uh, you normally are. (laughs) In uh, 2019, we talked about this when we talked about Maite's Child of the Sun. Okay. Yeah, so you could consider this a duet, right? Yes, and... I thought you said, well, oh, we've covered it before. And I'm like, a lot has happened since 2019. Mm-hmm. Worth talking about this one again. Yeah, you were all in. I'm like, okay, well, then we'll do what I thought. Perfect. Um, also recorded in 1995, the first half of the year, according to Prince Vault, and was part of the track list for the then planned New World album in 1995 that sort of evolved into emancipation right yes and was even included on a early track listing of emancipation also yes 
And the opening lyrics for 2020 were the description for the song Human Body in the Emancipation Booklet. Yeah. There's one note on Prince Vault that I questioned. What's up? It, it reads, the song 2020 was recorded and is set chronologically between 1999 and 2045 Radical Man. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Okay, I mean... <laughs> this is... Theoretically, yeah. I mean... Okay. <laughs> it just seemed like, I don't know, a Captain Obvious moment there. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate somebody, the information. Somebody Great. felt like they had an impressive sort of observation there. That's fine. Sure, sure. I would also include 2010 in sure. there as an album. There wasn't a song, but there was an album sure. also. There's, I mean, for a guy who thought time was a trick, there are a lot of songs about years. Sure. I cannot say the title of this song without hearing Barbara Walters' voice either. <laughs> this is 2020. This is 2020. <laughs> I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. Um, it's kind of a mood setter, I guess. Full disclosure, you know, at the end of each episode, we pick a mountain, the high, a sea, the low, and a time capsule. Every time I hear the opening synth notes of the song, I'm double tapping an earbud to move past it. It's just like my history with the song has been pay it no attention. Oh, okay. So I did my best to pay it. Pay it some attention. attention. So it was almost a newish kind of song to me. Okay. It remains officially unreleased. Probably fine. (laughs) Probably fine. (laughs) Well, like we talked about. So it kind of is this prophecy, right? Looking forward, of course. At the time, that would be 525, quarter century. Uh A quarter century ahead of... When this was recorded. Right. So I'm thinking about that today. If it, if it was a song recorded today, it would be 2048. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say maybe a wishful prophecy oh. would be probably the best way to think of it because it is not the vision of the future that they had together. Right. Yes. And um, man, you hear Maite's spoken words. And you're really reminded of how young she was. The year's 2020. Stole my note. (laughs) Totally agree. I mean, sounds like a child. And maybe that was part of the intention there was for it to be, you know, a young voice. But yeah, she sounds like a naive child. There is a youthfulness that is difficult to fake. In this particular performance that really, like, she is, I mean, she's, what, like 20? Yeah. You know? I mean. I mean, she was young. Yeah. Weren't we all? Yeah. Yeah, so for most of 2020, 3,000 or more people in one room dancing. 3,000 or more dancing. Would have been uh, inadvisable. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> proposition. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if they did it in the first couple months in America, they could have gotten away with it. Yeah, but not recommended by the CDC. Uh, no, no one could predict that. No, and no, don't one blame could. Prince for that. Yep. We talked about synesthesia Yes. in the past. Yes. Actually, multiple times, I think. So this would just add to it. It's got to be the third or fourth, to- fourth time. Yeah, well, we the first about... time was when we talked about the song. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Couldn't remember when it was that yeah. where your senses become... Crossed. M- mixed up. Right. Synesthetics, everyone. So if you, when you taste the the color or smell the fun, mm-hmm. uh, that's a synesthetic experience yeah. where you're able to perceive one sensory input with a different sense. Well put. Mm-hmm. So usually it happens with uh, things like numbers. You'll associate 
a number with a color. That was That's, my example that I wrote down, huh? i.e. the number seven is what color, Christy? Yellow. Yes, it is. <laughs> exactly. That was my example that I wrote down for myself. And I wonder how much of that comes from Sesame Street. Yeah, totally. Because you had the big numbers and the little Muppets carrying it around and they were the oversized you know, three-dimensional numbers. I bet a lot of it does. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's this, the holy number also. I don't know and if so you ask, like, we should ask one of our children, oh, yeah, uh, teenagers, they, like, yeah. what color is the number seven? Just to see what we get. Because yeah. they didn't watch as much Sesame Street as you or I did. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, they had a world of choices and we had four channels. That's right. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the cho- chorus. Uh-huh. The force of nature is what brought us here. I'm like, that's apt for 2020. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The force of nature is what brought us here. But then the following line is the exact opposite. The walls between us soon disappear. No. The walls between us soon all disappear. The The year 2020 and there's no more fear. Double no. Correct. The year. 2020 and no more I mean, we're building walls and making other countries pay for them, or so we say <laughs> in 2020. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was a vision of a blended society. Yes. With happy happy people learned people uh-huh uh, yeah students peace. students dance to the heartbeat of the drum so they yeah. were students of i'm not quite sure at the club love for one another what classes were being offered oh. students of life they're all everyone is still learning is my initial thoughts there sure sure but that also gives me a feeling of in this club love for one another it's all young people okay yeah yeah I imagine that Prince and Maite thought they might have children together and they were thinking if we had children within the next however many years in 2020, they would be dancing in this club. Yeah, they'd be in there. They'd be there. They'd be older than Maite was then. Yep. 24 years old, something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a little outro where Prince and Maite, well, Prince asks, can you see this? And it's just... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Peace and happy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you see? Even though it was cut from emancipation, I could s- could have seen it seen it being included instead of stretching a song or two out to hit that magic sixty minute mark. Yeah. But then it would have destroyed the twelve songs per disc, you know, restriction that kind of, or the, you know, yeah, uh, the guidelines he set for himself. Right. Yeah. The construct three discs, 12 songs each 60 minutes. Yeah. So that could be why a short song like this didn't have, you know, a a place. place. Yeah. Yeah. There's only so much more stretching we can do to damned if you do Mm -hmm. or I do damned if I do. Yeah. Damned if I don't. Mm -hmm. Next up. Feel good. We go to some fun songs. Mm-hmm. I tried to mix these up a little bit for there wasn't a real reason of the how I split them up, just to like get a fair number of ballads and fun songs between yeah. the eleven that we're gonna look at. Yeah. So feel good certainly fits the fun song Absolutely. description. Yes, another one from New World yeah. that didn't make it all the way to end. Emancipation. Right. Almost said anticipation. That's wrong. Would be an interesting album. <laughs> um, and another one that kind of got reworked and included in 1998's Come to My House album by Shaka Khan. Um, it shares some music with Reconsider You Better. I mean, it's really the track, just yeah. like embellished more and right. with completely different lyrics and right. melody put over it. It is fun to listen to that back to back with the uh-huh. song to see uh, where, it, where it went, yes. how it was reworked. So I'm glad some of it was reused, although I don't listen to this one and think, oh, he couldn't have put this anywhere. Right. There could have been a place in Prince's catalog for the song, even like as a B-side. 
on emancipation, I think. But yeah. yeah. It was not to be. There weren't a lot of B-sides. Right. Since Yeah, since there weren't EMI a lot of folded. Yeah, since there weren't the 18 singles that he thought were right. on we're the going album to release. Yes. Half the songs as singles. Yeah. This is Prince extremely laid back throughout mm-hmm. with a muted guitar. That's sort of a theme, I think, for this era of his music. You know, that muted electric guitar sound, kind of programmed drums and synthesizers, and a little bit of hip-hop-ish kind of rap. Yes. And just like that, we comes with the fat, crazy molecular structure that acts on that ass like... I really love the very deep, don't you wanna... And then the high feel good. And just like that, we come fat. It's very fun. Yeah, and even like the echo uh-huh. on itself. There's like the good that kind of like echoes. It's not an echo. It's him singing an echo. So it's not like an effect. Right. Um, but yeah, very, very fun. I think... You have to read this as like the verse is like a sentence, not different thoughts. Okay. And that helped me, I don't want to say understand it because it's pretty straightforward. But, and just like that, we comes with the fat, P-H-A-T, fat, crazy molecular structure that acts on that ass like you know it's supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) And just like that, we comes with the fat. Crazy molecular structure that acts on that ass like you know it's supposed to. Moving so I jokingly wrote, is he making a balm? <laughs> a balm? <laughs> His crazy... You don't put a balm on a burn? <laughs> on a booty? <laughs> yeah, I think this is a description of the type of music He's making. That's the crazy molecular structure Uh is a song. That's right. And you're going to dance to it. It's going to change the shape of your behind. Yep. And leave you with no inhibitions. That's right. There's almost a face down reference. No. Because I don't check for critics if they check in for my ego. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because I don't check for critics if they check in for my ego. So I come to. Yep. Yep. Uh, also a little reference to him not being free until 1999. Uh So he had kind of a path figured out to getting out of his Warner brothers contract. He knew it would happen in 1999. Uh, he doesn't want you to, well, he first suggests that you bring a tape recorder to Uh the show to record it. Um, And then thinks better of encouraging bootlegging. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, so come to the show and bring a tape recorder because you ought to have a copy of the, yo, wait a minute, no, mm-hmm. in 1999, I'll be free, so. Don't you want to feel good? Mm-hmm. Go so, come to the show and bring a tape recorder because you ought to have a copy of the, yo, wait a minute, no, in 1999, I'll be free, so. Don't you just like that, we comes fat. Next verse, he has fun with the word kiss. Just like this, you get a kiss. Mm-hmm. Just like this, you get a kiss. Maybe a little reference there to his 1986 track. He finds a way to make Santa not as cool as him. <sighs> yes, and also a little disturbing. It's a little disturbing sexual imagery of a beloved childhood figure. Santa, get you all wet, except he's using snow. Santa, get you all wet, except he's using snow. I can make like, can we is... leave wet and Santa out of the same sentence, please? Okay. Yeah. There was also the NPG Music Club. A few years later, would send an email out. It's about Santa Claus, C-L-A-W-S, uh-huh. and... You know, the his take on Christmas. So this wouldn't be the first time he disses Santa in his life. But Prince has got him beat, right? He can make you yeah. slippery with an icicle. Using snow. I can make you slippery with the icicle. Oh, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. We yeah. should go. I'm I thought like, it was a little like... Uh, I get that the shape is the same. Okay. It's a phallus. Yeah. But you don't want the pointy side touching no, you. No. Yeah. And ice yeah. in places. It's another, like, why settle for a star when you can have the sun? 
Okay. Which uh, Prince used on the Symbol album. Sure. And here, like, why settle for snow when you can have uh, the, the icicle, icicle, yo. I love how he sings or says, check it out, check it out, check it out. We should go right after the that. Icicle, oh, check it out, check it out, check it out. We should go down the main street. Kind of this nasally, fun, pimpish delivery. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's any more Prince-like play on words in this episode than I'll give you an ultimatum for a definite maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Go. Down the main street, your personality, baby. I'll give you an ultimatum for a definite maybe. But what I'd much rather know. Maybe that's a little verbal synesthesia there also. Mm. An ultimatum, right, is a... Uh-huh. I must have an answer. Yeah, this is, it's a a deadline yeah, in the it's most. It's very black and white. Right. Where like a definite maybe is uh-huh. <laughs> not. Yeah. So it sounds like there was going to be a little more because then Prince announces part two and it kind of changes a bit, gets a little mm-hmm. pluckier, but then it fades out. Part two. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's. I mean, Good Love did that same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Although it's like a French where it sounds like he says part two, but it's a another French saying that okay. like sends the song in a different direction for a short period of time. Right before that, I had to mention him saying, "I'm just here to let you know, baby. Anytime you want to go, psht, we can come fast." I'm just here to let you know, baby. Anytime you want to go. <laughs> the way he, yeah, he does he like giggles. the and a, and a little prince laugh uh-huh. at three minutes and 30 seconds. That's pretty charming. Yeah. My theory is okay. this didn't make it onto emancipation because I think it's very comparable to style and okay. style is a little more fleshed out kind of thing. Um, so with style on the album, maybe this was eliminated for that reason. Yeah. You know, it, was was it was superfluous. Yeah. Yeah. Style and feel good were both there. Yeah, that's not it's not me making the album saying, "Oh, these are too similar." I wouldn't include them. I think there would have been space across sure. three discs for a song like this. But if I'm trying to think, well, why would Prince not include this? I think style took its place. Okay, my theory with cool. zero backup. Then we have a unreleased song that has a little controversy around the name. Oh, yeah, I'm like so, this is. There's a controversy? (laughs) The the name, so it's commonly referenced by people talking about it as I Am The DJ. But the ASCAP copyright listing has it, I'm a DJ. Yes, it's A versus the, the definite article. And a contraction, and not a contraction. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I don't say... I am a DJ or I'm no. a DJ. That's not even what he sings in the song. No, I am the DJ. So this is another one that was part of the New World album project that would evolve and expand greatly into emancipation and then leave the song on the cutting room floor. Yes. Even um, though that it was on, this was also on a configuration, early configuration of emancipation too. Mm-hmm. Worked on around the same time as NPG's Exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recorded on the same day, according to Prince Vault, as when they did overdubs on Big Fun and Return of the Bump Squad that mm-hmm. was on Exodus. Yep. We get a cameo appearance by Eric Leeds. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very Prince horns mm-hmm. and wind instruments like that prince had a very particular style of what he liked and i i think i just didn't really i mean i've known that i kind of like knew that in the back of my mind but listening to this i'm like oh those are prince horns You're right. Well, I mean, Eric Leeds was the Prince horn sound, the definitive sound of Prince, even though, you know, he had Maceo Parker and Candy Dulfer also kind of have those. Right. But there was a particular way that horns were played that Prince liked. Yep. Well, he probably sang them. 
And yes. Then and then they played they them. They arranged, helped, you know, arrange them a little bit and played them. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked to you a little bit about this, broke our cardinal rule of not discussing <laughs> these songs, but this kicks off with another Prince vocalization. Ooh. Uh-huh. And I thought, man, between this song and I'll Never Be Another Fool, if you put them back to back uh, and listen to those opening vocalizations, I struggle to believe they came from the same human. <laughs> so I put a little sample together for you to drop in here. <laughs> Um, Super fun. Yeah, very fun. I thought that this had a very similar sound to Feel Good also. The very simple drums, the muted guitar, even like the future track from a few years later, High, and Mm -hmm. the whole album High, Mm -hmm. this sounds like Mm -hmm. it could fit right in there too. It's got a very, yeah, mid-90s Prince sound for sure. Yes. Another song sung in a very high falsetto voice throughout. Yes, and the lyrics come in a lot softer than I expected them to. I expected them to kind of come in bombastically, yeah. and they did not. Well, Prince's personality going into 1995 was kind of this badass, you know, kind yeah. of thing, Days of Wild, and like the whole vibe around the gold experience. And this is a much softer, even feel-good and I am the or mm-hmm. a DJ is a much more soft. There's no profanity either, even right. though this was recorded before he swore off swearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a like a family friendly vibe to this, and also this kind of fun and kind of finger pointing, like almost uh-huh. not making fun of it, but having fun with the profession of yeah, being the a control DJ. that a DJ has well, of a club, right? I mean, what fun with the lyric in the chorus, when I scritchy, scritchy, scratch, I will make you shake your back. <laughs> yes. It's and, so fun. And you'll be looking up and calling me sire. When I scritchy, scritchy, scratch, I will make you shake your back. Like, okay, the DJ is usually kind of elevated above the crowd. He's like a pharmacist. He is. I'm counting beets up here. I'm putting beets into bottles. (laughs) (laughs) I have a prescription for funk. That's right. Yeah. And his uh, whole line there during the chorus, I'm the leader of the pack. I'm the leader of the pack. I'm the first and only act. I'm the DJ. I can take you higher. Maybe that part, I can take you higher, reminded me of high a little bit. Yes. But it also has the same kind of sound as the song high, mm-hmm. just the production quality of well, it. Well, and again, here's the song about how he's he's the drug you need. His yeah. music is the drug you need. Yep. He'll take you there. Yeah. Find you find a way. Yeah. I think he underestimates how much he makes when he says he doesn't need your money after uh-huh. the first chorus. Uh-huh. I don't need your money. I pull half a mil a year. I mean, in 1995, if you were a DJ pulling in half sure. a million a year, you would have been extremely successful, I think. True. I think Prince had sights on more than that, though. Well, yes. Yeah, I love the background singing when he says, save your dollars, and there's this money, money, money uh-huh. in the background that Prince sings. Save my ear, save your dollars, money, 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 and tears. I am the DJ, and I'm all you'll ever hear. Um, a great line to save your dollars and pawn my sizzling tears. <laughs> I'm the DJ, and I'm all you'll ever hear. A great lyric. If you want your record played, it's got to freak my ear. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just like you have to be really cool yep. to get played. Yep. If you're going to make my playlist, uh-huh. it's got to be something I've never heard before. Uh-huh. Right. 
a little jab at the music business a little bit with like promotional videos coming after that. Who needs a freaking video if the groove ain't all good? Uh-huh. Very yes. Fun. Who needs a freaking video if the groove ain't all good? MTV could be rolling, but it won't be in the hood. Yeah, because it. It basically MTV's music was boring. Right. They wouldn't be playing that in the hood anyway. That's right. So yep. it doesn't matter if it's on all day in y'all boring suburban white people's house. Yeah. 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 So his definition of success or the DJs, this person, that this persona of Prince here, uh-huh. um, his version of success is when the people in the club, uh-huh. who he refers to as techno bunnies, <laughs> request you. That's uh-huh. when you're coming strong. Yes. Check it. When the techno bunnies request you, that's when you're coming strong. And just a little before that, he does some scatting uh-huh, with yeah. Chica. Uh-huh. And it is delightful. Yes, it is. There's a lot of swallowing the mic uh-huh. by Prince in the song. That's yes. really well done. Yeah, some nice smooth guitar. Yeah, again, that muted kind of guitar sound. It's an electric guitar, but uh-huh. it's not a... It's got a very smooth sound to it. Sure. And that was sort of like the... I mean, that's a lot of what you hear on Emancipation, too. Like in the opening track, Jam uh-huh. of the Year, is very muted electric guitar. Yep. I am the DJ. I play what I play. Yeah, I thought it was fun to include a little record scratch in a song about a DJ. Yeah. Are we talking about the same one? Like this goes kind of fast. Four minutes. Yeah, there's a little false ending there. And that record almost sounds like a a record rewinding. Uh huh. That same sound effect, I think I pointed out a little uh, Easter egg from. One of your favorite tracks, The Good Life, Big mm-hmm. City Mix from uh, the live show that we listened to, where yes. he had some of the horns or like a part from that song. That record rewinding sound effect at four minutes and one seconds in I Am the DJ shows up in The Good Life, Big City Mix at two minutes and 13 seconds. Slow. Slipperier than a baby just out to hope. Here we go, here we go, here we go. At two minutes and 52 seconds. And a couple other times down the road in that song. Fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I think there's some saxophone by Eric Leeds and guitar playing by Prince that mirror one another from four minutes and 17 seconds to four minutes and 21 seconds that I find really remarkable and delight like they blend in together so well they sound like the same instrument and it's two different ones and two different people even super cool dj i'm down with i'm the dj yeah it's a silly little song it's so fun and it's like a little cousin to feel good yeah and but they both are just kind of silly delightful Songs in contrast to like 2020, that's trying to be this very yeah, prophesizing, yes, deep insight or wish for peace and uh-huh. that kind of thing. And those are just two very fun songs. Yeah. And then the final song that we're going to talk about today, Journey to the Center of Your Heart, had right back here in my arms gotten a single release as planned. This likely would have been the B side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was originally offered to Stacy Francis, a singer, an actress on Broadway, reality TV star. Then a version was recorded by Shante Moore, mm-hmm. um, and that didn't get a release. And then... <laughs> it's like a SpaceX launch. <laughs> and then this is the third song that we're talking about today that ended up in some form on Shaka Khan's Come to My House yes. from 1998. My, I, I had, I was pulled in many different directions. Should we save these songs for when we talk about Shaka Khan's album uh-huh. or should we talk about them here? Maybe we'll talk about them in both places. Sure. 
future us down yeah. the road when we talk about Shaka Khan's album. But this is where the you know they were conceived, so it, it makes sense to me to include them here. Yeah, I didn't realize. Credit to Prince Vault that this song is copyrighted at the Library of Congress on the same day as Right Back Here in My Arms and Poom Poom. Oh, yeah. It's very fun. Yeah. So we get these kind of like fuzzy sort of keys. It's got a, almost a similar sound to those same kind of fuzzy rubbery guitars. Yep. Yeah, all heard. these hang together. Yeah. Right? They, they fit together really well. Right. As far as an overall song, this is a very so another like falsetto delivery, certainly sung from the point of view of a man this time. This could have right. been a Prince release for sure, right? Um, kind of a brooding, kind of like I'm going to find out who you really are pursuit, uh huh, right? And a very princely way to do it, you know? sure, especially to put down other men as saying, I think the others only flirted with the true meaning of always. Yeah. I think the others only flirted with the true meaning of always. It's a pretty darn good line. It is really good. And it's, you know, he already had the song forever. And so this was kind of a different way of saying, I mean it when I say forever, when I say forever and always. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. In his songs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had vastly underestimated the background vocals sung in this song, especially Mm -hmm. verse two, when he sings, I see the candle through your window. Do we do? Uh, At a minute and 16 seconds, there's these little doo-wop things going on in the background. Burns there every night. Shooty doo. He cool. does this dweeu shooty doo uh-huh. background things throughout verse two that are really delightful. That is very fun. Well, before you get to verse two, you have a chorus. Yeah, that's and true. I'm sorry. I was just so excited about I'm the so, doo-wops. The, the doo-wops are delightful, and I'm so glad to talk about them <laughs> and hear them. So you want to put a little record rewinding sound right yeah, here in the cool. podcast to go back to the chorus. Go ahead. The chorus for a fairly slow song is delivered really fast, mm. which I noticed. Um, you can say what you want to, but I ain't going to stop this journey to the center of your heart. It only takes like 10, 12 seconds <laughs> You're right. for the, all of it. It's super fast. Yep. You can say what you want Then I was like, well, the title has got to be a reference to a cultural sort of touchstone that Prince would have probably been pretty familiar with. Perhaps not the 1864 novel by Jules Verne, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. But almost certainly the 1959 movie adaptation of that, which was, I remember being a kid a Saturday afternoon staple. Staple. It was a cheap movie that the networks could play when most people weren't going to be around watching television anyway. So like journey to the center of the earth would have been probably something if he was at home on a Saturday afternoon as a kid, he would have seen it over the air. Yep. An antenna. Yep. Yeah. Good point. So I definitely think that this is an idea of that, especially since, it's absolutely ridiculous once you know some sort of scientific knowledge about what is inside the earth. It is not, you know. Not a place you want to be. It's, not, it's full of magma and things, not dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also sort of this magical, mystical journey that gives the people insight into the development of humanity. And here he is journeying to the center of her heart, finding out all her beautiful, mystical, 
interesting, sometimes scary mm-hmm. situations and that secrets. has and secrets yeah. that has made her who she is. Yep. Yeah. So he wants to see her in her full being. Yes. Which so again, like so he says. Okay. Well, <laughs> actually, he sings. Yeah. <laughs> sure. He I'm doesn't say that he, once I find it all out, I'm going to accept you. And if we have any trouble, I'm not going to blame you at all. That's not in the lyrics anywhere. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> There's these like xylophone like keys mm-hmm. that are, yeah. it's almost got like a adult lullaby quality to it. It does. Uh, in fact, I compared it to, now this is again my theory of, well, why wasn't it on Emancipation? What made him take it off? If it wasn't something personal about the song, which I don't see anything here that would be, oh, I want to keep this to myself, it's uh-huh. private. But I found it to be like a mixture of friend, lover, sister, mother, wife, and soul sanctuary from Emancipation. Oh, yeah. It's very similar sounding to those two songs. And maybe the friend, lover, sister, mother, wife kind of trumped this one. That's the more of the center of your heart. It's you are all these things to sure. me. Here and, it is. And it makes sense if he was thinking right back here in my arms was going yeah. to be a single. Yeah. It makes sense that he might hold this song back Yeah, and have this be the maybe even a stronger song mm-hmm. that he's going to put on a single as the B-side. Yeah. Well, and it would be like, again, the only non-album track to be uh-huh. released with a single from this right. whole thing other than like remixes and that kind of thing. This was a totally different song that would have seen the light of day. And I think right back here in my arms would have been a great single too. Uh-huh. To me, certainly would have trumped a cover and another slow ballad. I agree. Um, that would was basically like in popular culture's mind, like he just had the most beautiful girl in the world, even though that was two years earlier. Mm-hmm. Betcha by golly, wow, kind of was the same formula. Yes. Even though it wasn't his song, it was the same type of thing. And this is a very different ballad right. to me. Yes. And also his, not a cover. Yes, but it had similar themes. For sure. In that it had this whole faded love. I've waited a lifetime, baby, mm-hmm. just to know your name. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, very prominent in his work. Oh, yeah. Particularly in the early to mid-90s. Oh, yeah. I've I've only had so many lovers because I was looking for you. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. There's a little bit of revisionist romantic history, I think, going on there. (laughs) But maybe some truth. Maybe he believed it. But there was definitely... I mean, he couldn't sing, You Are the First. No. (laughs) Let's (laughs) put it that way. (laughs) It's got a great falsetto at two minutes and 50 seconds with even yes. though I know you've heard these words I'm trying to say, somehow I think these others, they only flirted with the true meaning of always, uh-huh. kind of a refrain there. Yeah, but it and, goes so oh, high. Oh, yeah. Almost like, almost to incomprehensible levels. And then there's some pretty vocalizing over the chorus in the background, like three minutes and 20 seconds. It's just so, so pretty. Yeah. (laughs) To me, I would have swapped out friend, lover, sister, mother, wife with this song and felt like a better fit. It's a better song. It's a better performance. Sure. And the friend, lover, sister, mother, wife could have just been a private thing between he and Maite. Although, yes. And it kind of was at first. And then maybe felt this obligation to put it on the album since it was so much about her. Right. But this is a more touching and like cerebral kind of song to me. Sure. About how deeply you want to know somebody. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, I think that that's uh fair and I 
do think that if he had that single planned, this being the B side of it, I can see why he would have held this back. And then EMI pushed up some daisies and that was that. The end of it. I mean, we, we blame the bankruptcy or whatever happened with EMI, but also Prince changed his mind a lot. So sure. just because it was the plan, yeah. even if that plan had been started and followed through on, there's nothing to say that it really would have happened. Sure. So, but somehow we have it here again in great quality mm-hmm. and a super well-produced song. It did get a release, like you said, by Shaka Khan, who's also obviously an incredible singer. Yes. And it suits and her voice so well. It does. And she didn't have to change any of the lyrics. This no, could be sung right. from a man to a woman, from a woman to a man or same sex to same sex. Or yeah. Trans a, to trans, yeah, whatever. Any any lovers yeah. could sing this to one another. Yep. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, there you go. So that's it. Five so, songs. That's right. In the can. Uh-huh. And now we're going to make some selections, even though it's very short. We can still select things. We can select things. We so, can place blame. <laughs> we choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded, since these are all unreleased Prince versions of things. We're not going to say when they were released because they haven't been. Uh, sure. <clears throat> the sea, the low point, and the mountain, the high point. Mm-hmm. My dumb rules, so I go first. Have at it. So the time capsule for me, I, I just don't know if there's anything more pointing to a spot in time than optimism for 25 to 30 years from now. So that they had this rosy view of what 2020 was going to be like or what they hoped it would be like, you know, the ills of humanity solved. That makes that my time capsule. Makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, it's just another Prince did this a bunch, right? With Uptown Mm -hmm. and, you know, seven to a degree um, in 2020, these uh, very utopian views of, Maybe he's not trying to predict the future, but this is a future that he would like to will into being. Right. That did not materialize in any degree whatsoever. Right. Dead wrong. Yep. For me, the time capsule is journey to the center of your heart. I thought it was the most emancipation sounding song of all of these. And I feel like it should have had a place in the album. And so I'd written on here to ask you, I forgot that I was going to ask you this question. Would you support replacing friend, lover, sister, mother, wife with this song on Emancipation? I say oh, yes. Absolutely. And a little easier. I mean, first of all, beautiful beautiful vocal performance, pretty music, a little more, less personal. Yeah, more relatable. More relatable uh-huh. and like a more evergreen type track, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So because it could stand all time, it made my time capsule. Okay, great. The C uh, for me was that right back here in my arms didn't get a single release because I thought Journey to the Center of Your Heart should have been released somehow. That it was, it would have made a fantastic B side or, as you said, a replacement for friend, mother, sister, lover, wife. Yeah. I totally agree. I, I don't disagree with you. Okay. Uh, but I have a different take on the C. Sure. For me, it's 2020. Okay. I uh, did not change my mind from every time I hear those synths. Uh-huh. Double tap next song. I just feel like it probably would have made sense in sequence on an album or somewhere, but listening to it on its own probably makes it sound less meaningful because I feel like it kind of goes nowhere. My taste sounds too much like a child to me. Yeah. It gets this fast ending, and plus we know that it's a poor portrayal of the stated year. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that went wrong <laughs> for poor 2020. Um, so some, some no fault of its own, but to me, it's just, if I had to skip a song, it's the one I do in fact skip. Uh-huh. Sorry, yeah. 2020. No, it's all right. It won't get its feelings hurt because it is inanimate and doesn't have feelings. That's true. The mountain for me, I am the DJ or I'm a DJ mm-hmm. just because it's fun and it's the song I'm probably most likely to revisit yeah. because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I had a hard time deciding between I am a the DJ, but ultimately I went with I'll Never Be Another Fool. I love that he took the lyrics from, and if you listen to Sandra St. Victor's version of the song, it is radically different Mm -hmm. as opposed to, I mean, it's sort of a cover version of her song to a degree with a Prince twist. If you listen to like what he did with other covers on Emancipation, they're fairly true to the original. It doesn't really add a lot. It's a Prince version of them. But like I said, I don't know how he could have ever released this on his own album would have never really worked maybe with a female persona like you mentioned but I almost feel like he delivers it better than Sandra St. Victor and even Shaka Khan as a man his ability to take on a woman's persona and sing it like he understands yes I've revealed myself to you I've shared this with you and Uh I learned a valuable lesson and the fact that it didn't include a it's all your fault and here's why Uh that it was just a I'm going to learn from this and move on and you don't even get a mention as to your transgressions don't make the song even Uh is a rare thing in a Prince song excellent All right. well next time more of the same yes but different we've got six other Emancipation era outtakes that we'll tackle and I think that will bring to a close our 48 episode (laughs) Dedication to the emancipation era. Yes, we have been covering it for quite some time. Yes, we have. It'll be nice to move on, though I have enjoyed. I thought there were some things in the in this episode particularly. I thought that you would like. I am the DJ. Uh I did not expect you to like Journey to the Center of Your Heart as much as you seem to. Also, yeah. I don't know. You're not typically a a A ballad ballad person. No, but as ballads go, yeah. that one's pretty all right. Especially the doo-wop stuff. Yeah. Super cool. Prince. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio, and we really appreciate that you have spent some time with us today while you're doing whatever, driving or working or walking your pet or exercising or sitting on the couch, whatever it is. We appreciate that you spent some time with us. Tell a friend so that uh, we can keep them company on their activities or non-activities, whatever the case may be. And uh, until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for sticking with us. And hey, don't buy bootlegs, friends. So I was trying to figure out if there was any famous works. That's right. (coughs) So I was trying to figure out if there were any famous works that had 23 scenes fade to black. Not exactly. I'll let you drink. <coughs> <coughs> <Asshole>. <coughs>